Minnesota. Welcome to another edition of the Bariatric Bachelor Now Engaged podcast. I am the Bariatric Bachelor Now Engaged, Vinny Abicella, and I am here with my co-host, Valerie Noyes. Valerie, how are you today? I am good. How about you? Uh, you know what? I am doing great today. Uh, it's been a productive Sunday. The time change went into effect at 2 a.m., which uh, it's always fun to look at the clock when it goes from 159 to one o'clock um yeah <laughs> and then in the spring to go from 159 to three o'clock clearly skip over two um but either way um it is uh one of those days where now that actually brings me to an idea of do you how do you feel about the time about the uh, uh daylight savings time and turning the clocks back because I, I mean it seems to me like Every year, there are more people that are generally against it rather than for it. I think it's kind of a waste. I mean, I think it was put in effect to help farmers have extra time, daylight time. But I don't think we really need that now. Everything's Everything has lights. Everything's automated. You know, just we're not out there picking the hand. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I I don't really care one way or the other. Uh, it does give us a, a reminder to change our batteries on our smoke detectors. Right. You know, <laughs> but I don't, how about you? What do you think? Um, I mean, I know Arizona doesn't recognize it. When I was going, when I was doing schooling through the University of Phoenix, there, you know, every year they give out the, uh, or every time it came time to turn the clocks back, they gave out that, that disclaimer saying, Arizona doesn't participate in daylight savings time. So just remember that, even though your time is going back, Arizona is staying the way it is. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. So I, I didn't know it was put into effect originally for the farmers. I always thought it was put into effect so that kids waiting for the school bus in the morning had, you know, they were able to have be in the light rather than in the dark. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I guess either one of them is a plausible uh, reason for it. Um, but you know, I see too many people saying that it takes so long for the body to adjust to because of the time change and, you know, the difference in time. And honestly, for somebody like me, where I have a very odd sleep schedule anyways, because of my personal schedule, it doesn't affect me, except there's just an extra hour in there somewhere or we lose an hour or I lose an hour in the springtime. But I don't know. I, I, it's one of those topics where you kind of have to do a deep dive into for and against. And we, you know, we don't know who, who makes that decision. Does Congress make that decision? Is it state by state? Are you going to go from like, you know, each state having a different time or very confusing. It Uh, will be because I remember the entire um, time zone idea came about because of the, the train situation, you know, about, the trains and, and uh, oh. the train schedule when the trains were popular, you know, I guess at that point in time, nobody uh, really had a set time schedule. So they eventually came up with this time zone where, you know, I don't know how they established where the cutoff was in terms of, you know, Eastern time, central mountains, Western, you know, and all around the world. So I know that that was put into effect because of the trains. I, I didn't know that. I, I don't know. I guess I just thought everybody wanted their son to come up at the same time. 
could be. That that's definitely a possibility. Again, of all places, why England? Why Greenwich, England, where the prime meridian is, and that's always the uh, standard bearer of time. I, I don't I don't get that. Is it just because where the sun is high? I I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a time traveler. We'll have to get Doc Brown on the on the line and try to see what he has to say about it. Uh, anywho, um, and what you were saying about the the sleep schedules, I know that that really can mess you up. I don't see how an hour is going to do much harm, honestly. Um, but you ever know anyone who works like? We have some companies around here that do two weeks on nights and then two weeks on days. Mm -hmm. And um, my ex-husband used to do that. And oh, it was awful. It was awful when he was on nights, we had to tiptoe around. And I don't think he was quite sane enough to have that much uh, extra, <laughs> <laughs> extra working against his. <laughs> well, I, mean, I could tell you from experience working nights and days. But working nights, um, the only good thing, is, the only thing that you have to worry about when you're working nights, especially on a night when the time change, whether it's forward or backwards, you have to watch your hours because, you know, technically when the time goes back, you're working nine hours, even though it's mm -hmm. going to show up as eight on the payroll because you're still working 11 to seven, theoretically, um, but you're actually working nine. So you have to watch that. And then again, in the spring, you're actually losing an hour. You're only working seven. Um, so you kind of have to uh, pay attention to that overall, but um, I never really saw that it affected me too much, um, even in school. Like, I mean, they obviously do it on a weekend because the majority of people have weekends off, you know, uh, the, the Monday through Friday school and Monday through Friday workers and Wall Street and everything. It's nothing is really happening on the weekend. So that's why they chose to do it between Saturday and Sunday. But I don't, I've never really been affected too much by it. I mean, maybe as I get older, I could kind of tell, but even like today, you know, being that my kickboxing class is normally at 930, which it was, but it still felt like, wow, it feels so much later in the day when it was only, you know, 1015 when I got out. So, yeah, I mean, you can tell it does play a mind trick on you at the very beginning of the, of the time change. But overall, I think, you know, I think you're fine with it. At least I, I, I do. Yeah. I hate having so many clocks. This makes me realize I have way too many. <laughs> well, I haven't I mean, changed any of I, them yet. What was that? <laughs> I haven't changed any of them yet. <laughs> um, I actually changed them all. Uh, obviously, the computers, the phones, the smart watches, they all change on their own. The only ones I really had changed was my alarm clock and my microwave and the clock in my car. Oh, I got to change my clock radio too. Uh, clock on the radio in my car. But um, other than that, uh, the majority of things change. I mean, let's just put it into perspective. There's so much stuff that's connected nowadays to the internet that everything is changing on its own. I mean, I was in Sam's Club yesterday and I actually saw a Wi-Fi enabled vacuum cleaner one of them Roombas that kind of go along the floor on their own and, and it's Wi-Fi. Like, why do you need a Wi-Fi enabled, enabled vacuum? Why do you need a Wi-Fi enabled refrigerator is what I want to know. Well, that's true. I agree. Oh, what? Is, I don't know. 
I don't know. It's amazing where Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and everything is just going nowadays. Uh, it's scary. What's also scary, and, um, kind of going into something that we were talking about uh, off air, which I saw on Twitter and was quite disturbing. Um, Joe Biden and Camel Toe Harris were actually prophesied, um, so to speak, in uh, two different places. Um, I would say it's amazing the um, the uh, the amount of similarities that are going on and uh like the 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 similarities of what was said compared to what is actually happening now and we've heard about this from you know Nostradamus before and um you know in in the book of revelation and who, who people just don't want to read because it's part of the bible and you know whatever the case is do I believe the, the Bible was specifically written by, you know, God or, or whatever, or the, the, the guideline to life? No, of course not, because it does evolve with age. But, you know, do I feel that it was God breathed and man written? Perhaps, but if everything's been lost to uh, translation over the years from, you know, Aramaic to Jewish or uh, to uh, Latin to English and every other uh, language under the sun. Uh, but th listen to this, okay? I'm going to read this, uh, and it definitely gave me chills. So first is a quote from, from Revelation chapter 17, verse 4. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color, decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of uh, admonishments and filthiness of her fornication. Um, that's Revelation 17, 4. And they do show a picture of camel toe Harris in her purple suit um, at, from the inauguration day. Um, amazingly, she kind of she kind of lived right up to that. But here's the other one that kind of gets me is that this is from uh, Nostradamus. Uh, a plague shall fall upon the world after a feeble man shall rule the Western world with a Jezebel. Uh, the people will be damaged and subjugated by a fool ruler the great eagle shall suffer and fall. And after reading that, it's like, oh, shit, we are doomed. It really sounds like it. It's, yeah, we had the plague. We have the fool. We yeah. have the Jezebel. <laughs> exactly. And for those of you that don't know what a Jezebel is, look it up. Uh, it's basically a mean, uh, a, a mean woman, a, you know, biblical term that's that's basically a heel a villainous woman uh and we see we see that i mean even during the campaign trail before uh harris was chosen as as biden's running mate she was showing her true colors and attacking everyone on the democratic campaign trail um so we see that she is a Jezebel. We see the obviously the fool who was the puppet in, in Biden. Um, and and obviously COVID was the plague. So everything is playing out how Nostradamus said. And I've never been somebody to put too much emphasis on, on what the reading the writings are of Nostradamus, but holy shit, that just hits it right away. Yeah, and we are the great eagle. I mean we are. <laughs> 
our bird even, you know, that's yeah. not, it's our symbol. So, I mean, the next three years are going to be very interesting in terms of how our country fares with uh, Biden and Harris at the helm. And who knows how long Biden is going to stay in his seat. And, and when he, I'm not even going to say if, but when he gets pushed out, whether it's for incompetence or just in general, something horrible. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to have to wait and see. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be painful. I have no doubt. Yeah. Okay. And we're, all, we're already feeling it. We're feeling the crunch, not only the gas pump, but everything else is higher this year than it was last year by, num- by double digit percentages. Um, it's gone on record Biden with under Biden. This is going to be the most expensive Thanksgiving and Christmas on in history. And I don't see an end in sight. No, I don't. I mean, they're not even, they're not even pretending there's an end in sight. Maybe the end of next year, things will get back to normal. The end of 22. That's just crazy. Well, I mean, let's just hope, I mean, I know, I know in Connecticut, we did, uh, at least in New Britain, we did reelect our Republican mayor. Um, not sure about the rest of the country, although Virginia did uh, pick up a Republican governor. In, uh, oh, but that's just because uh, there's so many white supremacists out there. Including his lieutenant governor, who happens to be a black woman. Oh, no, she's just the talking, she, what they call her, the talking sock in blackface for the white supremacists. <laughs> Oh, for Pete's sakes. Are you, I mean, like, I, this woman is badass. And she, yeah, I, I just, I, I love her. She's listening to her talk and I've seen a few interviews with her and she was talking about the people that were saying she was a white supremacist. And then she says, you know what? Just, if I want them to invite me on their shows. You know, just have me on, talk to me. And right. She's something. Yes, yeah, black and place. proud and American. That's what she said. She's exactly, yeah. and and that's <laughs> and that's all we could ask for. She's not out there looting and, and causing chaos for Black Lives Matter, and you know. And I'm I'm going to say this is that I it's not that I don't support black people. I don't support the movement of Black Lives Matter because they're just up, they're 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 trying to stay above the law. And they're trying to go ahead and subjugate or, or subvent the legal system and thinking that just because you get shot by a cop, you're innocent or whatever. Like, that's not how it works. No. Um, you know, we've seen far too many, like, and even if you go back to the George Floyd incident, you know, um, was it fueled by race? No, it was a vendetta. It was something specific between the two people who were involved, George Floyd and, you know, Derek uh, Chauvin, but subsequently, you know, the other one, the other big one was, uh, Ahmad Aubrey. Yes, that was a, that was built upon race. I'm not going to deny that. Um, you know, the, the kid was jogging through a neighborhood and two white, um, yeah, white that guys. Was, that was awful. It was, it was awful. There was no reason for it. Um, Brianna Taylor, you know, and then, uh, was it Lexington, Kentucky or Louisville? Um, in Kentucky, you know, they stormed her house because, you know, they thought that her either was her friend or her boyfriend was dealing drugs and she was caught in the crossfire. And 
you know, apparently the cops got in trouble for not knocking on the door in the middle of the night to warn them that they were at the door. Like, since when does, you know, when you're, when you have supposedly credible evidence, you know, leading to, you know, supposedly somebody's there, a raid, why would you knock on the door to announce yourself? Like, that just gives people ample time to escape. Like, I, I don't, and apparently she wasn't as clean as, you know, people are making her out to be. Right. And I, from what I've heard, her boyfriend was guilty of whatever, you know, right. I mean, he, I, and if you're if your boyfriend or whatever's doing that, you probably know. Yeah, and exactly. So like you said, probably not as clean as. I mean, it's a shame. Nobody should be killed. Let me put it that way. It's, it's no matter what you do, even, even a guy, you know, like George Floyd, death is never the answer. Let me put it that way. You know, no, we shouldn't be celebrating anybody getting killed, except for maybe Saddam Hussein. That's probably the only one, and and uh, Osama bin Laden, if he's even dead. But um, I don't. You know, nobody should be celebrated being killed. You know, no matter who you are, that's right. not how we should be acting. And no, quote unquote white person is happy about what's happening because you can tell because you know even white people are upset about it because you know and, and I don't want to make everything about race because it's not about race but it's it's about the decency of humans right you know then there was the other one Jacob Blake who was you know shot in the back by cops and because he was trying to get away and he went into this, his car to get a knife and you know his uh, ex-girlfriend or girlfriend and the kid were in the car um, you know he was wanted on a warrant is that the one where she thought she was tasing him is that, no that was a different one I think oh, okay um, that was that yeah that was a different one where she thought she pulled her taser instead of her gun um, mm -hmm. I can't remember but there's some but see here's the thing is like those are the ones that are going to be reported in the media is there's right. ones where it's a white on black you know white cop, black criminal, so to speak, or, or black uh, offender. Um, and that's unfortunately what's going to be in the news. You're not going to hear about the consistent black on black crime in Chicago that's always there. Right. And you're not, you wouldn't hear a word about it if I got shot by a, a police officer. Exactly. <laughs> because, you know, they're not going to, you know, more white people are killed in, in, uh, by police officers than black people are. Right. Um, but you know, it's amazing. I think, you know, and, and I think a lot of people from what I've, from what I've seen, you know, uh, a lot of black people are saying, you know, black lives matter, but black lives won't matter until they matter to black people. And, you know, it's, it's so much of the black on black crime that is, you know, going on and, and hampering the movement and and you know when they say that oh yeah all lives won't matter until black lives matter well black lives do matter black people do matter the movement itself does not matter no it's crazy because it, it shouldn't the black people that are getting killed by other black people unless the other one's a cop nobody says anything nobody how many people die in Chicago every week? I heard this weekend, but it's crazy how many people get shot. You're right. Just, um, 
how many babies are dying that's why it always gets me right in a cut in the middle yeah no you're absolutely right there are and you know it's it's funny i read a book series called um the in-depth the in-depth series by uh jd rob uh, a pseudonym or a pen name of uh nora roberts and uh this in-depth series is absolutely awesome it's like law and order as for you but set in like you know the year 2055 or something you know so another 30 years from now but the way that she wrote about it it's amazing to me how much stuff is actually coming true about it you know and she talks about how there's such a meat shortage so everything is made out of soy and you know like soy dogs and soy burgers and we see the beyond meat and, and now and um how only the richest of people can have real coffee and real meat um, instead of, you know, the, the chicory coffee or the, um, uh, you know, the, the, the soy dogs, soy burgers, whatever the case may be. Uh, it's amazing to me how much, I, the other thing is they mentioned in there about the urban wars. Are we living that now? Maybe not so much at this point in time, but are we living some kind of an urban war where there's, I mean, I know last summer there was like a uh, some kind of a rally or uh, peaceful protest every weekend. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and and in the in the book series they ban guns, so only cops only have tasers. Um, you know, so the only people that actually own guns are the collectors, and you know they're not allowed to use them. Uh, I mean, I feel like that's where we're going to. Yeah, that's what they want to take away all the guns. They're, right now, um, you can still buy guns, but ammunition is so expensive that uh, it's crazy. It's hard to even, it's, a, it's hard to afford to shoot to practice. Yes. Yeah. Um, my, my oldest son is a, is a collector, is a gun collector, and I have, I have a gun, but I, I don't shoot it much because it's just too expensive. Right. <laughs> like, oh, there's another two bucks. <laughs> there's another two bucks. <laughs> it's like smoking cigarettes. I couldn't afford to smoke. <laughs> I'd be sitting there worrying about the cost. Ooh, that was a dollar. <laughs> was that worth it? <laughs> and, and you know what? It's amazing to me. There's a lot of poor people who can't afford food or whatever, but yet smoke all the time. And it's like, you can put your money more important places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I guess I, I really try not to judge because I can't give up my sugar and, uh, that's, I don't know. Addictions suck, but I guess there comes a point where you've got to make choices. So (sighs) I, I, I agree. Um, I mean, smoking is something I never started, nor will I ever. Um, and I'm glad, I mean, in Connecticut for a pack, it's like, 10 50 or 11 dollars like you know it's insane um, i remember when it was a dollar i never smoked that i never smoked that stuff <laughs> <laughs> um but you know it's it's amazing how inflation has been you know going up uh exponentially more than wages um oh, yeah. always the case um, so, I mean, you're going to see people who, you know, have to make that choice between food and bills or, or, or whatever, like, 
amazingly. Um, all right, moving on to some more lighthearted stuff. Um, <laughs> we, we've decided to start doing a um, got a fur fur baby in the background. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Fur fur babies are always welcome on the show. Um, I am an avid dog lover, and um, fur fur babies are always welcome to come on. Oh, how cute! Isn't she beautiful? This is Becky. Oh, Becky! What kind of a dog is she? Uh, she's a Yorkie mix, mm-hmm. most Yorkie. <laughs> so we, we have, have other co-hosts next door. We have big dogs right across the fence, and she likes to go out there and torment them. She just runs back and forth and barks at them and drives them crazy. <laughs> That's, That's okay. My, my, my sister has a Great Dane mix. Um, oh my! And my mother, one, my mother has my sister has a Great Dane mix and a Papillon, and my mother has a a short haired Chihuahua and a long haired Chihuahua mix. I think she's got some dash, dachshund in her because she's got that long hot dog body and the short little legs, but. <laughs> And her name is Penelope, and I swear she is the devil incarnate because she will go over. You know, my mother will take the dogs over to my sister's house, and she, actually, the Great Dane is afraid of her to the point where she he actually sits facing the wall and will not move when she's around. Oh, that's funny! Oh my, it's <laughs> hilarious. Um, it's amazing how how dogs bring joy to your life. Um, I can't have. Pets. I had a hamster um, until until recently. Um, I'm not allowed to have pets where I live, but I did have a hamster for a little over a year until she died. Um, but um, I'm not allowed to have pets either. Oh, I have, I have three cats oh. and a dog. <laughs> but my fiance has a dog and two cats, and her condo only allows her to have two pets, so she made that decision to get that second cat. <laughs> I'm not a cat person. I'm a dog person. Cats. I evil. didn't think I was either. And then we got the we, we got two cats. One's Katniss from the Hunger Games, and the other <laughs> one's Buffy. And um, Katniss was so much like me. Like, <laughs> like she was just leave me alone. If I want petted, I will come to you. So <laughs> okay, I can respect that. <laughs> Well, I shouldn't say I'm not a cat person, but I was spoiled. When we were younger, we had a cat. She she was a tortoise shell cat. Her name was Smudge because of this. I'm assuming because of the smudge of colors that were in her fur. And um, she she was a very personable cat. Like she had her times, but um, I was ruined for cats after that because she was such a unique animal that, you know, no other cat can live up to her. So I'm, I'm sticking with dogs from now on. <laughs> yeah. I, the one thing about cats is you can leave them. Yeah. And um, they don't hate you. Every time we have to, when everyone's gone at the same time, Becky is just so naughty. <laughs> we, we will knock over the garbage cans. She will do it. We have to hide everything up off the floor when we're here she does nothing you know (laughs) and she knows when she's in trouble she goes outside we have a little doggy door so she can get out whenever she wants Mm -hmm. and so if i come home and she's out in the yard i know that i'm walking into a mess (laughs) (laughs) 
She'll just stay out there for about an hour or so. She knows she's, she thinks I'll forget, I think. <laughs> I probably do too. <laughs> uh, um, I feel like there's more, I feel like dogs, dogs and cats in general, pets in general, provide, and, and this is why I really love the idea of having, you know, the idea of being able to have support animals because I really feel like animals are the best therapists because you could talk to them about whatever and they can't talk back and they can't, you know, they're, they're, they're the, the, the leaders of the HIPAA violation in, in terms of <laughs> you they can't talk about it. Um, I, I do. I, I feel like everybody at, at one point in their life should have an animal. Um, if they're an animal person, that is. Um, because it, even just a little hamster, like I feel bad because the past six months of, you know, of me doing my long, you know, long days, I barely had enough time to change her, let alone play with her. So I felt bad, you know, that the only reason why I found out she died because I went to go feed her and she didn't come out of her little igloo. And, you know, so I lifted her igloo and she was just stiff as a board now. I'm like, it, it hurt because of like, could it, could there have been more than I could do? But of course, with a hamster, you never tell. Um, but I mean, I do feel like, you know, when it comes to like dogs and cats, um, they do provide some kind of a calmness in your life because they are such simple, you know, simple yet complicated animals. But a lot of them have really great personalities where just watching them, they could bring a smile to your face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mine kind of like watching babies. Somewhat. But they're not some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You can't let them get in the garbage either. I don't know. You know. <laughs> That's true. Uh, um, but yeah, it, it's just animals are fantastic. But obviously going off on a tangent. Right there, um, <laughs> At least it wasn't good. We weren't cussing anybody out this time. That's true. That's true. It was a, a, theme, a rated P, a PG, <laughs> a rated G actually um, uh, segment. But moving on. Um, we decided to do something new this week. Uh, going forward, we're gonna we're gonna focus on the top five songs in a specific year in the week that we're doing a show. Um, I chose this week. I chose this week just because it's the first you know the first one that we're um, doing, and uh, we're we're gonna do the top five songs in the United States um, for this day, May seventh of nineteen ninety five. Um, from the year, well, I just said 1995, May 7th in 1995, 26 years ago, amazingly. Um, you know, it's like when we were younger, the 90s were so cool, and now it's 26 years ago, and holy crap. Um, you Did you say May 7th? Yes. It's not oh, May. I did say May 7th, didn't I? Hold on. Why did I look up May 7th? Today's November, so holy crap. You know what? You're right. <laughs> but the um i looked them up for the you're right though it was for this week or possibly last week because i looked them up wow okay i, I don't know if sunday's the first day of the week or the last <laughs> wow okay i'm gonna have to are you having a stroke look no, me in the eyes i'm just looking for um now I got to bring it up, bring up the correct day and year. Oops, 
Hold on. Sorry, folks. <laughs> uh, November, where are we? Here we go. November 95. Kind of feels like May here. It's so nice out. Sunshine oh. and everything. All right. Let's see. Here we go. Oh, and it's actually, wow, it's a lot different. Uh, these are actually better songs. Well, good. <laughs> oh, all right. So I did a flub. That's a, a blooper going to the blooper reel. Um, I don't know why I said May 7th. Why the hell did I say May 7th of 95? You got me, but it's November 7th, obviously, of 1985, 1995. Um, and no, I don't edit this. So you're going to hear all my, all the bloopers. Um uh, <laughs> uh, so the top five songs in the United States. See, you got you. I, I do apologize. I made you listen to the May seventh, nineteen ninety five songs, um, <laughs> which were garbage. It was cruel. It was very cruel. <laughs> so November seventh, nineteen ninety five. Here are the top five songs in the United States. Okay, number five is uh, Groove Theory. Tell me. I don't think I've ever heard of that song, um, but the other. The other four I did. Number four is Seal, Kiss from a Rose. That's from the Batman uh, Batman Forever, Batman Returns soundtrack. Okay. Um, and then uh, number three is Janet Jackson, Runaway. Um, I, I'm not sure if I remember that song all too well. But Janet Jackson is obviously a legend in uh, music. Yes. Uh, very famous family. Um, of course... She'll never live down Nipplegate from the Super Never. <laughs> what, 2002, 2003? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, with Justin Timberlake. And um, that's when the Super Bowl halftime show, you know, took a nosedive after that. Because, oh, we're not going to let MTV, you know, take care of the Super Bowl halftime show anymore. One nipple in the world changes. What the heck? <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't even a nipple out. She had it covered. <laughs> um, and then number two was uh, Coolio, Gangster's Paradise. That was off the okay. track to um, that Michelle Pfeiffer movie. Uh, I can't remember the name of that movie. Was it the one with the panty scene? No, no, no. Uh, it was, uh, she was a teacher in an urban setting, a white teacher in an urban. Okay. Uh, now I gotta look that up. Yeah, Dangerous Minds. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Dangerous Minds. Um, and that was a really good song, especially the uh, Weird Al version of Amish Paradise. Um, <laughs> I happen to enjoy that. I don't know that I've heard that. You have oh, never I... heard Amish Paradise? I don't think so. Oh my God. Have... I'm gonna have to play that for you. Because um, <laughs> I find, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like the Coolio version because that has a good message. Um, you know, but I do happen to enjoy Weird Al a lot better. So I'm going to have to play that for you. And I'm going to play it for you live right here. while we're... Um, <laughs> Let's see. I know I have it on here. Oh gosh. Anyway, let me let me get there. I know I have it here. 
There we go. Uh, do you like Weird Al Yankovic? I do. As I walk through the valley where I harvest my grain, I take a look at my wife and realize she's very plain. But that's just perfect for an Amish like me. You know I shun fancy things like electricity. At 4.30 in the morning, I'm milking cows. Jebediah feeds the chickens and Jacob plows. Fool, and I've been milking and plowing so long that even Ezekiel thinks that my mind is gone. I'm a man of the land, I'm into discipline. Got a Bible in my hand and a beard on my chin. But if I finish all of my chores and you finish thine, then tonight we're gonna party like it's 1699. We've been spending most of our lives living in an Amish paradise. A churn once or twice. me in the butt last week i just smiled at him and i turned the other cheek i really don't care in fact i wish him well because i'll be laughing my head off when he's burning in hell but i ain't never punched a tourist even if he deserved it an amish with a tooth you know that's unheard of i never wear buttons but i got a cool hat and my homies agree i really look good in black fool if you come to visit you'll be bored to tears we haven't even paid the phone bill in 300 years but we ain't really quaint so please don't point and stare we're just technologically impaired there's no phone no lights no motor car not a single luxury like robinson caruso it's as primitive as can be we've been spending most our lives living in an amish paradise we're just plain and simple the buggy, churning lots of butter, raise the barn on Monday, soon I'll raise another. Think you're really righteous? Think you're pure in heart? Well, I know I'm a million times as humble as thou art. I'm the pious guy, the little omelets wanna be like on my knees day and night, scoring points for the afterlife. So don't be vain and don't be whiny, or else my brother, I might have to get medieval on your hiney. We've been spending most our lives living in So that was Weird Al's Amish Paradise from his album Bad Hair Day. <laughs> I don't have the rights to it. Um, but that's 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 gotta be one of my favorite songs. <laughs> that's good. I like that. Um I, I love Weird Al. Of course, my fiance makes fun of me because uh, she's not a Weird Al fan, but I have a very sick sense of humor anyway, so I I do I enjoy it. Um 
Uh, let's see. So yeah, so number two is Coolio's Gangsta's Paradise. Uh, <laughs> but you know the thing is, is that Weird Al obviously parodies are protected under the United States Constitution. It's a self uh, freedom of expression, and parodies are allowed even if um, you don't get the rights to the song. But Weird Al and his team always seek out the rights to the to the music to make fun of it. Um, apparently Coolio came out a couple times and said, oh no, he never asked or whatever um, and was upset or, or at least showed that he was upset originally about the concept, but I guess over the years the heat has gone down. Um, but So that's kind of like uh, everything that Weird Al does, for the most part, he has a few original songs, but um, you know his parodies are what bring him to the dance. And right. He's actually eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, oh, that's cool. <laughs> I don't know if he'll ever get in. I mean, she, she's good, but. And then uh, the number five, or I'm sorry, the number one song in the United States, November 7th of 1995, is Mariah Carey's Fantasy. Uh, do you not know that song? Mm-mm. Oh, I guess no. I that one too. Uh, let's see. I think the only song called Fantasy I know, doesn't Alda Nova have one? Who? Alda Nova. I don't even know who that is. It's a hair band. Uh, <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> I know Ludacris has What's Your Fantasy? That came out in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I know I have Fantasy. I'm right here. here we go. I have such a very large music library on my iTunes. Sometimes it's tough to get to where I want to go. I don't. I I just put it on Spotify and find it that way. <laughs> well, I used to be a DJ. So. Oh, I didn't know that. Keeping it real, son. That's right. The shining star. My shining star, girl. <laughs> Yo, New York in the house. It's Brooklyn in the house, right. uptown in the house, Dallas, are you in the house? Boogie Down, are you in the house? Sacramento in the house, Atlanta, Georgia, are you in the house? West Coast, are you in the house? Japan, are you in the house? Everybody, are you in the house? Baby, baby, come on, baby, come on, baby, come on. I thought it was a regular one. I do apologize, but either way, it's Mariah Carey's fantasy number one in this day 
26 years ago in 1995. Um, as I said, I, I kind of screwed up uh, earlier in the week when I said, let's look at May 7th, 1995. Um, and those songs were absolute shit. <laughs> I agree. Those were, I see, I, I didn't, did not know only Gangster Paradise is the only one of the ones you were talking about that I knew. So 95 was a bad year for me. So we'll just. <laughs> but you know, it's amazing because I, music obviously is like everything else where it has its ups and downs. Yeah. yeah. Um, the 80s were fantastic for, for music. Um, nowadays, I don't even listen to a lot of new songs. Um, I'm kind of, I guess, I guess I could consider myself old. Like, I, I'm kind of set in my ways in terms of what kind of music I like, what kind of songs I like, what songs are on my... I think the, the newest, well, the newest songs on my on my phone are obviously from recent, but that's only few and far between. If I hear it and I like it, I'll download it. But um, for the most part, like, the stuff on my, on my iTunes or the stuff that I listen to on my playlists are, uh, like, 15 or 20 years old. <laughs> or they're WWE songs. <laughs> Yeah, mine are older than that. So, but <laughs> well, I have an like as I've gotten older, I've had I've gotten more of an appreciation for older stuff. Being Italian, Frank Sinatra is kind of up there with uh, some of the music that that I've gotten an appreciation for as I've gotten older. Um, but and, and also, you know, the music from the eighties was fantastic. You know, just when the pop genre came out, and and pop is basically short for popular. So it could be anything. It doesn't necessarily have to be a specific genre of music. Pop is it's whatever's popular. So when you hear of like country stars going pop, well, that just means their songs have become popular. Carrie yeah. Underwood, you know, her first album was strictly country, but then, you know, she comes out with this awesome song before he cheats and all of a sudden she's pop. Uh, Taylor Swift, her first album, you know, yeah. and her first song, you know, her first single was called Tim McGraw. Um, and then, you know, all of a sudden her songs become pop because she's popular. So pop in general is kind of mishmashed. You could have pop rock or pop country or pop R&B, pop rap. You know, it doesn't really matter about what the song genre is when it comes to pop. Um, so, I, I mean, it really depends on what's big. And it goes, it goes in, in ebbs and flows and highs and lows and to me, 95% of music today, I don't like. <laughs> I don't even know that I hear 95% of it. I, I listen to an oldie station in the morning and that's just Bob and Tom. And <laughs> they have some pretty good music on there. <laughs> I, I listen to podcasts generally. Um, so I don't, I mean, and if I'm listening to music, it's, it's like my workout music or something. And those are just hard hitting songs that I think are just absolutely fantastic. And there's very little that I actually um, bring into the fold, so to speak. Right. Kind of, it's kind of like my music taste at this point in time is almost like an IUD where it's not letting anything in to <laughs> impregnate my music library. <laughs> heard it referred to that way <laughs> it's oh my 
Well, I'll pop you on that one. Um, so we're coming back to reality for a little bit. Um, I am putting together a a big show coming up in the next couple of weeks. I'm not sure exactly what date it's going to be, but I am putting together a bigger show, including other guests, in terms of doing a round table, a round table, round table style discussion um, about mental health and um, about different different mental issues that people go go through, whether it's a uh, you know with severe like bipolar disorder or um, uh, anxiety disorder all the way to people that are you know are autistic or living with the with on the you know maybe it's piece not pc to say on the autistic scale or living with some kind of an autism uh, disability um i am putting together some kind of a roundtable discussion including uh, other people that deal with it, whether they're kids, have it, or and actually, my fiance is probably coming out today that week. Um, okay, stop. Is, um, I'm sorry, Vinny. No, don't be sorry. Uh, some, you know, it's amazing. During one of my uh, old public access shows, um, my mother's old dog did get into the screen a few times because he. Uh, got out of where, you know, out of his room at the time. So dogs are always welcome. I, I definitely understand that. Um, but like I said, I think my fiance may come on. She is a special ed certified teacher for elementary school. Um, so giving, getting some different perspectives into mental health and mental health is some of the, you know, I talked about it on, on the show, you know, about a month or so ago. Um, during mental health day or whatever it was. Um, but it does, it does have to be spoken about and brought to the forefront. Not that many people talk about mental health like they should anymore um, or in general. Um, a lot of what brought this upon me or put this on my heart to talk about, um, on General Hospital, there's currently a storyline where um, Olivia uh, Falconeri, Quarterman, her son Leo is, or or is, he hasn't been officially diagnosed with autism, but you know there's the question there, and she's struggling with it. Um, her husband was given the advice to bring Leo to a specialist, um, you know, in communication therapy, um, and she keeps thinking, oh well, there's you know stop saying something is wrong with my son. And that typical Italian mother where her children, there's nothing wrong with their children. Um, and so that's, that's one part of it. And that's an ongoing storyline. Um, but the other part is there's so many, like bringing it back to what I truly like talking about, or no, I shouldn't say it that way, but what I truly started talking about in my show was wrestling in general hospital. But um in wrestling, um, there's a there's quite a number of wrestlers who not only have taken their lives because of mental health problems, uh, Chris Canyon uh, on top um, of the list, but also, you know, like stuff that's gone on with CTE, like with the Chris Benoit incident. Um, and then also, um, 
even nowadays where the WWE has one of the highest and greatest wellness policies in sports. And there are still wrestlers that are struggling with mental health issues to the point of, um, for example, uh, Bray Wyatt, who was, you know, one of the main events of last year's WrestleMania, he took some time off after one of his, you know, former teammates passed away from a heart condition or I'm sorry, no, not a heart condition, a lung condition um, last year about this time. Um, and he took some time off because he couldn't cope. Um, he actually was released from the WWE back in, I want to say June or July. Um, and then Nia Jax, who is the Rock's cousin, has re recently had been taking some time off due to mental health problems or mental health uh mental health issues and she was actually released uh friday um so it begs the question of what is going on in terms of like me personally don't get me wrong there are days where i feel burnt out i feel stressed i feel tired i feel where you know i have so much stuff that is on my plate that i just can't get through it and that's normal in my opinion for human beings to put up with I was also brought up to the point where, you know what, when it comes to work situations, put your shit at the door and do your work. I've never been someone to actually take a mental health day. Although this past Saturday I did call out of work because I wasn't feeling great and I just couldn't put up with people. Um, but that was more along the lines of having a bad headache and just not wanting to deal with phone calls and people in general. Um, but like when did perfect example, Back after the 2016 election, when President Trump was elected, elected, and all these colleges around the country made their midterms uh, optional, and you know gave their their students safe spaces, and they could go in and have pizza and hot chocolate or whatever. And it's like, um, and and I don't want to say I don't want to downplay mental health issues. A lot of people have them. And a lot of people struggle with mental health problems. But when did we start allowing mental health to affect our daily lives? And for people who are upset about something, that's not mental health. Right. I mean, you're supposed to get upset about things. Um, people with are that we've gone too far in thinking that everything that's out of the quote unquote ordinary is a mental health issue. I think we have, I think there's a lot to be said about just dealing with shit. Right. But when you can't deal with shit, <laughs> don't you love how technical I am? Yeah. yeah that's, that's my, my nursing training that gets me technical like that. <laughs> but, um, there are times when you just can't deal with like um i think there needs to be a way to have a, to scale whether what you're feeling um against what the issue is and like making them equal you know and if you can't if you're overreacting to everything then maybe maybe there is something that you need maybe your body doesn't make it exactly what you need to to get by but i think if you treat everybody like a baby <laughs> i guess that's kind of how i feel about 
do we need to baby our college students to no you're you're right and, and it's it's something that I don't agree with. Um, like, again, there, I, it's almost like there's so much stuff that's taken to the extreme, not to use a Paul Heyman term, but you know, there's so much stuff taken to the extreme nowadays that when somebody is truly, um, struggling with something, it often becomes overlooked almost like the, the, the boy who cried wolf scenario. Agreed. When, there's so many people who are saying, oh, I'm struggling with my mental health or I've been raped or me too, or all this other stuff. It almost lessens the impact of somebody that truly went through it because, and, and not saying, not saying that everybody who says that they've gone through something is lying. I'm not saying that at all, but what I'm saying is if, if you have a bad day or you have even situational depression, when you lose a loved one and you're grieving or you lost a job and you're going through like the struggles of what's going to happen, you know, I get all that. That's normal. That's normal human emotion. If you don't have emotions, you're not human. You're, you're an Android. Um, but have we gotten to the point where we're allowing our, our own people to say, Oh, well, you know, I'm upset. I'm feeling depressed. Well, I need a mental health day or I need, I need a mental health checkup or I need medication for this. Or, you know, we have to handle people with kid gloves nowadays because God forbid somebody gets offended about something or, you know, it, you know, it, it hurts their feelings. Perfect example, Donald Trump, when he was out there tweeting, now granted he went overboard sometimes and I'll, I'll admit that, but a lot of people didn't vote for him because he wasn't politically correct because he wasn't PC. He said it like it is now me. I prefer a president who talks like that because that shows how he truly feels instead right. of it up so that it, you know, makes everybody happy. No, not, you know, the, the key, the thing is that I'm not going to make everybody happy because my views are my views and my, you know, and chances are, Something that you say I may get upset about because I may not see the same thing, but it's okay. That's right. That's what makes us human. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to come kind of go along and yes, mental health does need to be addressed, but at the same time, we have to find out what is um, true a, a true mental health crisis and true mental health problem, you know, is addiction an illness that, I mean, it kind of goes, you know, kind of goes along with uh, mental health because um, my personal feeling is addiction is an illness of choice. I mean, I'm not saying that it's easy to break an addiction. It's not, you may need help. You may need rehab. You may need, you know, a support system, but, at the same time, is it necessarily um, something that you should be getting disability for? Yeah, I, I see your point. I, I don't know how I feel on that. I, I, I don't know. I, hey, you're clear. You were, <laughs> you were fuzzy. fuzzy. <laughs> um, 
I just don't even know how I feel. I, I don't know. They're not bad. I just, I wish, I wish I had answers. And yep. I definitely think that you, with, with uh, like depression and anxiety disorders and things like that, um, I think medication can help a lot. Yep. But there's always anything you put in your body, besides the effect it's supposed to have, there are side effects. Correct. Everything. Yeah. Like seriously, Tylenol, <laughs> you know, stuff that we take and don't even think about it. There are side effects. And so those all have to be weighed and you need to be aware of them before you start. I think I am on a anti-anxiety medication. Mm -hmm. Um because I just didn't care whether I, I told my doctor that I have to live for two more years. And then after that, I don't care because my kids will all be grown and I will have my job done. And that's truly how I felt. And I could not get past it. Okay. I dealt with it the best I could. I, uh, I did everything that I knew how and I couldn't, I couldn't get past it. And the medication helped. And, and I understand that. And, and I, I truly get that. And, and, and I shared that, you know, I had my own bout with PTSD over the past, you know, number of months, you know, dating back to last year, when all the talk of lockdowns were going on and, you know, and everything, because being in prison, you know, having a feeling of a true lockdown where you're locked in a six by nine cell with, you know, another, another adult and um, being locked in there for literally 24 hours a day, you know, seven days a week until the quote unquote lockdown was cleared. And they, they looked through everybody's stuff in every cell um, made you go through a strip search, making sure you weren't hiding everything, anything. And like, that is a lockdown. Just be, not being able to go to the gym or not being able to go to work because you can work from home. That's not a lockdown. You can still leave your house. You can still go get gas. You could still go to the bank. You could still go to the store. Like you could walk out of your house to go walk to a park. Like that's not a lockdown. You know, I mean, and not to mention when you're in your home. And you're, you know, you still have the access to your bathroom that has a door that closes. Um, you still could cook in the kitchen. You know what I mean? Like, there, there was so much stuff that I was going through myself. I was feeling anxious myself, you know. So I get it. I just never let it affect me in my job performance because put the shit in the door and go to work. You know? Yeah. And me too. I mean, when I'm at work, I'm at work and, and my patient is what matters, but boy, I got so that the rest of the time I was miserable and miserable to be around. <laughs> you know, they say, mom ain't happy. Nobody's happy. I can't believe anybody being, I can't believe you being miserable to be around. <laughs> um, but all right, well, we've been at this thing for an hour. Um, but we didn't talk about the elections. <laughs> You're right, we didn't. Um, but, but we uh, can do that. What? 
We don't have to. We could put that off till next week. Um, let's try. I mean, we did talk a little bit about politics at the beginning, um, but we can go ahead and kind of save some stuff for next week. Maybe have a uh, less political talk this week. Um, and that, you know, this past segment was kind of a teaser of what we'll be talking about with mental health, because you know what it should be talked about. Mental health should not be a taboo subject. And, you know, for every curmudgeon out there like me that just doesn't want to uh, go to a strength, and, and I've been to a therapist before, I think, I think everybody deserves to have, or should at one point in time have, even if it's not an actual therapist, but someone to talk to, to vent to, to bounce ideas off of, um, you know, and if you need somebody who's, um, you know, licensed and, and all that, then seek it out, you know, many insurance companies are very limited about what they cover when it comes to therapy, which sucks. I think that needs to be fixed. Um, but for those of you, I mean, this is not a paid advertisement because I'm not getting any money for it, but there is a, there is a, uh, uh, an organization out there called BetterHelp. It is betterhelp.com. Um, they have therapists 24 hours a day. They'll match one with you in your local area. And you could even meet over the phone or on video chat or whatever. And if you need it, go get it. Um, if you're feeling suicidal, go out and call the national suicide hotline. Um, so there are options. Um, I mean, and if you're feeling suicidal, watch something from Diamond Dallas Page. He's the most positive person I know. Um, but in all honesty, um, that's just kind of a teaser of what we'll be talking about with this giant round table coming up in a few, in a few weeks, but <clears throat> either way, um, for, well, uh, any, any closing thoughts? I have no thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> for a writer, not having any thoughts. That's bad. Oh gosh. Yeah. I'm stuck. I'm stuck with writing too. I'm like, ah. I'm just stuck. Well, then we're going to have to start. You're, you're going to have to start interviewing me for my uh, autobiography. That that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think you have time for it, though. Right now, no. We'll have to figure out and make some time for it. Um, but we will uh, get started on that. But uh, anyways, that's about it for today. Again, um, my name is Vinny Absola. I am your bariatric bachelor, now engaged, and my co-host, Valerie Noyes. We will see you back next week. Anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Again, follow me on Twitter at the Apicella SWE. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at Bariatric E-N-G-P-O-D. Follow me on TikTok at Bariatric underscore Bachelor. And you can find this podcast wherever that you find your favorite podcasts. All right. Uh, we will see you next week. And uh, have, a great, have a great week, everybody.